1: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper back from vacation, back here on this Thursday with Nick Cool Light. Waylon, is that the new nickname? Is that your new beer of choice?
2: Absolutely not, Derek. It is not my beer of choice. Uh, I don't like that we're seven seconds into the podcast and we're already getting into this. Um, adding you on Snapchat probably wasn't a good idea um, because Cool Light came into my life this weekend. It was $7 for a, a case actually it was a pallet it came in like a like a just so like just a, a, a brown kind of box yeah. a box with no top the right.
1: cheapest possible yeah, thing exactly. you can put out there yeah. that will carry 24 beers
2: right so that's what happened this weekend you know it wasn't anything too crazy but i got away from hams i cheated on hams in a lot of ways uh, and i felt bad about it i woke up on sunday i felt guilty i went to church i repented uh, and you know I'm, I'm prepared to have a good weekend this weekend yeah uh so
1: i got to i got to ask uh, was it a money thing, or was it just a uh, curiosity?
2: Uh, no, it was not a money thing. Uh, it was a curiosity thing. Yeah, they had a they had a booth set up. You know, you know, at some liquor stores, they'll have, like, a little tasting thing. Usually it's for, like, liquor or wine, and they'll give you a little cup. Or a nice beer. Right, or a nice beer. <laughs> and they had a cool, light tasting station. I was like, all right, you know, this is kind of cool, uh, pun intended. And, yeah, so I was kind of inspired by that to, to grab the case. And, you know, one thing led to another, and now it's gone. It's all gone. It wasn't just me. I who, shared who drank it. it all? myself, my a couple friends, our our neighbors across the hallway were intrigued. You know, they heard about it, came over and, and had a few. So you, had, you guys all had like
1: four or five of these.
2: Multiple, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't
1: want to put a number on it. How do you how do you what, what do you drink these out of like a plastic cup out of a can can
2: can cup, you know
1: poured into them. glass?
2: Uh, no, I'm not really a beer glass guy. Although I did, I did actually uh, get my hands on a Rondane branded beer glass the other day. Ron branded. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, your typical, what is that, a Pilsner glass? You know, uh, Pint glass? Pint glass. Just like sure. a, like, kind of like this coffee cup. Right, but, but glass. glass. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, so it's emblazoned with, I think it's like a Miller Lite logo on one side, and then it has that Dane 33 logo that was on the towels that yeah. they gave out at the game where he broke the rushing record. Yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd
1: do uh, some house cleaning with, with those towels still.
2: What? I would pay for one of those towels. Um, I've been looking online for one of those for a long time, as well as a Jagrag, as you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I left it at home last time I was back at my parents' house, so I've, I haven't been able to use it. But once I do, that'll be the, the go-to.
1: I think you may have been uh, discovered, and your you're cheating on hams is going to be well-documented if this is you. Uh, there's a user by the name of Heroes Freak, H-I-R-O-S Freak, sure on uh, ratebeer.com. R-A-T-E-B-E-E-R.com, okay, okay. right? And uh, they left the most recent review. They, probably you, left the most recent I review do for Cool Light. Uh, their scale, I believe, is like a 0 to 5. That's Gave right. it a 5 overall. Yep. A 10 of 10 on aroma. Correct. 5 of 5 on appearance. Yes. 10 of 10 on taste. Five low. 5 of 5 on palate. Overall, 20 out of 20. Mm-hmm. Cool beer is the nectar of the gods. I don't know for the price if you can find a more elite beer. I would drink Cool Light as water if I could. You are simply a peasant like Jeff Mack if you don't enjoy a warm Mickeys and a cold Cool Light.
2: Yeah, that sounds like something I would write, but I actually didn't. Um, I'm on Beer Advocate. Cool Light uh, holds, looks like a 3.1. I didn't know this this was made in La Crosse, Wisconsin you know a lot of con- like Pride the bad, of like
1: bad beer is contracted in Wisconsin between yeah. La Crosse uh, and over Minhas and Monroe makes a lot of beer for yeah. different places around the country mm-hmm. uh, what's the rating on
2: beer advocate uh, i thought i just saw 3.1 now it's now it's disappearing we'll just we'll just assume i missaw it. it's probably 5 out of 5
1: well i mean the the real review people there don't don't drink cool light but you don't um, know that doesn't have enough ratings to have a score because hmm. people on that site. Hams has a 65. No, I, I don't think I don't think Hams, Hams and like Schlitz and some of those beers are fine. Like pe- yeah. people just laugh at you because it's an odd request. Like sure. it's just not it's not because it's terrible. Like it's better than Blatt's, for example. Mm-hmm. I think
2: Blatt's tastes awful. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't think you're in the you're not in the minority there.
1: The next the next review, and I, I promise I won't read these all like two two reviews down. Yeah, keep it going. Three dollars six pack pours golden with a foamy white head. Aroma is of dusty malt and wet dog food. This smells terrible. <laughs> Taste is so watery that there isn't much to it. The slightest hint of malt. It's like slightly malty water. It's inoffensive malty water.
2: It's actually yeah. not. Not the, that, that was kind of going back and forth between, like, complimenting it and trashing it with every sentence. That, that, was, that was, like, drinking it, giving a fair review, and then feeling bad about how much you were,
1: like, trashing something and kind of say, like, no, it, it's, it's inoffensive. Like, it's, it's, I, can, I can tolerate this. It's a value beer. Yeah, $3 for a six-pack. And, I mean, right. what else, what else can, you, can you get for that? 3.3% uh, alcohol content. That's really low. Yeah, that seems a little low. I w- I would debate that. I I don't I don't understand that at all. So, all right, so that was that was your weekend. It
2: was. Anything else of note, jerseys? Oh, uh, what no, not really. Um a couple weeks ago, I don't know if we talked about this. It was Halloween weekend. So two weekends ago, I saw a Yee jersey uh right right on campus, you know, our you office that is one not up, far yeah. from campus and I was walking uh to go work out and I saw a guy in a Yee jersey snapped a picture and you know, put it on Twitter. And you know, a couple couple of bucks writers retweeted it, and you know, a lot of people saw it. And like later in the day, like eight hours later, somebody like tweeted back at me, is like, "Whoa, that's me!" <laughs> so, like somehow the picture got around to the guy who I had anonymously, you know, posted. So that was kind of funny. I was a little worried he would want me to take it down, but you know, you couldn't see his face. The last thing you want is to be the guy on the internet wearing a Yee jersey. I uh, I but the I haven't seen you much. want, I
1: think, you want to be wearing the E jersey and, yeah. and carrying the cool light. 24-pack down the sidewalk. No, you
2: don't. I haven't really seen much, though. Um, uh, the friend that I watched the Green Bay game with uh, last weekend, about mid-game, took his Rodgers jersey off and threw it on the floor and decided that you know Rodgers wasn't worthy of having his jersey worn. It's the second time that's happened this season. I think
1: what I'm not. I'm not against wearing jerseys. Some people are obviously. Some people are like vehemently opposed. Like I will not wear another man's name on my back. It's Like it's That's a dumb. jersey supporting a player on a team you like. Let's let's not get any deeper into the matrix than that. That being said, if if you're the kind of person who's enough of a fan to wear a jersey, you shouldn't be the kind of person who throws it on the floor when something doesn't go well like have have some composure right. just a, just a little bit
2: absolutely right um i actually the last jersey i can remember seeing this would have been this was sometime last week i, I can't i can't remember if i mentioned this on the pod i don't think i did because you wouldn't have been here last thursday Detlift shrimp all-star jersey it was actually it was actually the cashier at the liquor store who sold me the cool light Whoa. um yeah he was wearing you know it's it's that you typically see the Jordan version of this, where it's a, it's like, a I want to say 94, 95, um, you know, teal with kind of the trapezoidal patterns all over it, and um, I really don't know how else to describe it. It's a very abstract-looking jersey, like nothing like the current All-Star jerseys, and I asked him, like, what, what, whose jersey is that? Because I could only see the front. He's like, Detlef Shrimp, man. And I'm like, is that a China jersey? He's like, you bet it is. So we, we kind of, you can kind of see the twinkle in our eyes, like, he knows. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, he saw you buying the cool light too. So you guys have a, a strong
2: uh, right bromanship. I don't know. Actually, no. What you were just in Arizona. We haven't even talked about that yet. That's what I wanted to hear about. Oh
1: well, yeah. Arizona's cool. Um, no pun intended. The nicer part of Arizona is uh, Sedona. And that's not to say that Phoenix and Scottsdale don't have some nice qualities. I like the baseball. I like the weather. Uh, but Sedona is really cool. Uh, north east i think of of phoenix technically about a two-hour drive up to the mountains and i'd highly recommend it like it's it's one of those places where uh it's easy to kind of overlook it maybe you go to the grand canyon instead but do both like go to sedona maybe you can take a jeep trip that's what i ended up doing taking a jeep trip up to the grand canyon kind of a day trip Pictures don't do it justice. People have probably said
2: that for years. It's true. You have to go see it for yourself. I was trying to live vicariously through your Instagram, uh, which, by the way, follow Derek on Instagram. What is it? DT Van Riper? Sure. Yeah, Probably. Do that. Uh, trying to get that thing fired up. Uh, yeah, that looks incredible. I, the only time I've really been out west is our, is our annual Vegas trips, and you, you don't quite get the scenery uh, being in downtown Las Vegas that you do out in Arizona. No,
1: no, you don't. Uh, as far as other interesting things from the trip i uh, didn't see any crazy jerseys while i was gone the baseball base- jerseys are tough right i mean you don't you don't see quite as much there yeah the baseball conference i went to uh it was a great conference there wasn't really anything as far as off the wall jerseys mm-hmm. that that i noticed and i feel like i, I did see I a dansby noticed.
2: swanson braves at the bar the other night wow which you know, that, that's quick that's quick right yeah yeah
1: I, I wouldn't expect to see that uh, around here. Had some good beers too. And we'll we'll close out the beer talk with actually like yeah. recommending a good beer. Uh it was a Boulevard beer from Kansas City. Boulevard Brewing Company. They had a bourbon barrel quad. Like I, I like the Belgian quad style. Beers a little sweet, malty. Um almost have like a like, as Eno Saris put it like a banana taste to them, like a slight hint of banana. I like those, I like that style. But then you put it in a bourbon barrel. Off the charts good, uh, highly recommended if you come across it. All right, let's start breaking down Week Ten of the NFL season. And, and being in a car and, and trying to like track the NFL on a Sunday is Not good, but it's easy to catch up quickly. Uh, so
2: I'm going to be in that same boat this weekend. Not yeah. looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, you get a little radio, you get some highlights, you get some Sunday night game, you get some Monday night game sprinkled in.
2: Well, you don't uh, have, you don't face the issue of like trying to talk your friends into putting the Jags game on the radio over the Packers game. Yeah, you're not going to get that done. I know. It's, I'm like 0 for 3. I'm going to South Bend this weekend uh, to to just hang out there. And every every year we do this, it's the same situation. I'm driving back on Sunday. I just have to fight everybody to listen to the Jags, and I never win that fight. I don't think they sell cool light in Indiana, so you're going to have to bring your own cool light. I don't think you can transport that across state lines, can you? There's no
1: state border patrol, so I think you're, think you're going to be okay. I
2: don't know. We'll All see. right. Well, it starts
1: the color rush game tonight. Yeah. Browns Ravens Ravens favored by seven and a half over under 44 and a half. Ravens coming off a big win against the Steelers on Sunday is there any reason at all to think that this that this could be the week maybe. for the Cleveland Browns
2: I, I maybe I mean, so last week you know they get housed by Dallas and I think that's kind of what we expected but that, that was really their first like thorough beatdown down uh, since the New England game and they've pretty much been in every other game they lost by five to Baltimore at home in week two. Um, I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule. If they don't win this one, they're probably not beating the Steelers next week. I don't think they beat the Giants, although there's a shot that Eli could have an Eli game and turn it over four times. They're not beating the Bengals. At Buffalo's always tough. And I don't think they're beating the Chargers or the Steelers in, in week 16 or 17. So like, you don't want to project too far out, but this is one of maybe only two or three other winnable games on the schedule. So uh, you know, I think the Browns know that. I, I think... This is maybe the week they get it done. I'm, I'm not putting any money on that. I mean, Vegas certainly isn't giving them much of a shot. Seven-and-a-half-point dogs uh, on the road here. But, I mean, this Ravens team has the ability to lose to just about anybody, and they have the ability to play with just about anybody. And you can say that about a lot of teams in the NFL right now. Um, I would just say if, if Cleveland is able to pull this out, I wouldn't be, like, shocked. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked.
1: Probably the the big storyline from a fantasy perspective is, is the health of Kenneth Dixon. He's expected to play in this game, and uh, he had nine carries, a season high, against the Steelers on Sunday. Terrence West had 15. Both backs struggled to get anything going, but just the fact that Dixon was starting to eat into Terrence West's workload uh, makes you wonder if, if this is the time. If Dixon's still out there on your waiver wire, it's probably now or never.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, this hasn't been a very productive Baltimore running game, but You know, it's getting to that point in the year where if you have Fab left, you know, Dixon's the type of guy that you can throw it at. Corey Coleman back for the second week now. Um, It was all right. You know, three catches uh, for 41 yards against Dallas after missing six weeks with a broken hand, expecting a little bit more out of him. And the nice thing is, you know, with a hand injury, obviously that's very important for a receiver. But with it not being a lower body injury, you know, you don't worry quite so much about him having to get back up to speed because he's been able to stay in shape.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. And uh, with Dixon, I mean, I, I just see a more dynamic player than Terrence West. Even though West, for a brief period this year, actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Ravens hold serve at home. I think they actually cover the seven and a half. Though I just the, the Browns, I, I I want it to happen for Cleveland. Actually, I, I want the Browns to be at least a decent team at some point in my lifetime. And I'm convinced that I could live fifty more years and. Maybe go fifty years more without seeing it, yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Let's move on to the Packers and Titans over under forty nine and a half Packers two and a half point favorites
2: uh I don't know man like i I, I do a weekly pick and pull with with friends back home and. You know, the last couple of years we've done this, Green Bay has been a shoe in almost every week, you know, as a confidence pool, so 13, 14, 15, 16 points. And I mean, I don't like the Titans, but on the road, this team can run the ball really well. Mariota can, can get out and, and scramble a little bit. Like, I think Green Bay wins this, but I don't think it's as easy of a win as it probably should be.
1: No, I don't think it'll be easy at all. The line reflects that. The concern I have if I'm a Titans fan or if I'm a DeMarco Murray owner, he's got that toe injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, The attention immediately would shift to Derrick Henry. He's got a strained calf. He didn't practice Wednesday either. So uh, Antonio Andrews could be in line for some touches this week. Might be as a backup role to Murray or Henry. Could be something more if both of those players are continued, uh, continued absences from practice as this week unfolds. I like Marcus Mariota almost regardless of what's going on in the running game because as a mobile quarterback... he could give the Packers some fits. I mean, they've had their share of struggles with a once-good Colin Kaepernick over the years, but Mariota, to me, is a much better player than Kaepernick was, probably even at his peak. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Mariota, I think you have a guy that's showing some signs of improvement in recent weeks. Go back to Week 5. Three TDs against Miami, three against Cleveland, two against Indy, two against the Jags, three against the Chargers on Sunday. Not a difficult stretch of schedule, but at the same time, he's taking advantage. It's a resilient Jags team yeah taking advantage of the the layups he's been getting in green bay secondary kind of fits the bill as far as a team that tennessee should be able to throw on
2: yeah i mean just the elusiveness too of Mariota. i mean he's not a guy that's gonna run all over and you know they've been careful with how they use him there but I mean, we saw Green Bay kind of struggle to bring down uh, Andrew Luck when it mattered, at least last week. And, you know, Mariota doesn't have, I guess, the physicality to shake off tackles like, like Luck does, but he's he's still mobile. And then Green Bay that does struggle with that. Um, I mean, this... It's not a must win for Green Bay, um, but if they want to stay, you know, in the hunt to win this division, you can't lose a game like this to Tennessee. You know, right after losing your last two,
1: looks like a good spot for Rashard Matthews coming off a ten target, two TD game against the Chargers. I expect him to be heavily involved again this week. I would even consider Kendall Wright as a GPP mm-hmm. play in DFS, a desperation play in season long. Could be a decent matchup for him as well. Uh, I do think the Packers win this game. I think coming off a disappointing home performance against the Colts, I had to listen to about half that game on the radio. her uh, saw other parts as it happened. They, just, they were not clicking. A lot of mistakes around Aaron Rodgers that I think really – backfired and uh a day where they needed to dig out of a hole after allowing a return td on the opening kickoff they just didn't have that spark necessary to go no. back in
2: and and rogers kind of seemed to imply that too in his postgame comments i think he i wouldn't say backhandedly but in, in a roundabout way called out the lack of fire from the team the lack of fire from the crowd um and, and it was evident even watching on TV, you know, you could tell it, that that opening kick return just completely sucked the wind out of that stadium. And what was tough about that game is there was the feeling that if Green Bay got the ball back at the end, they were going to win that game, right? I mean, the way that they were able to march down, uh, pull within five, I believe, um, and, and then, you know, Colts get the ball back with, what, three and a half minutes left. And Clinton Dix, you know, had Andrew Luck lined up for a, you know, uncontested sack on third down and long. Luck's able to shake it off, get the first down, and the game's over really at that point. But there was a feeling that if you force a punt there, especially after Indianapolis threw the ball on second down, incomplete, stopped the clock, didn't force Green Bay to use another timeout, there was the belief that Green Bay would have enough time, the way Rodgers was playing at that point in the game, that they were going to win. So I think that was a... A disheartening way to you know for that game to end
1: no doubt about that but i think the packers sort of with their backs up against the wall going to tennessee and get that win i think they can do it by more than two and a half as well especially if the titans running backs are banged up as much as i like Mariota in this matchup uh, i think the packers can move the ball effectively through the air against the titans vikings on the road in dc redskins a three-point favorite over under 41 and a half things have turned very quickly for Minnesota. I mean, yeah. this was a team that Vegas wasn't fully buying into a few weeks ago anyway, but I, I don't see these two teams as being equal and yet they probably are. Like I think I have a, a misguided perception of the Vikings based on what they did uh, at home against the packers earlier this year the more we see the packers i think the more we've realized they're just not the pre-2015 offense anymore it's just not kind of come back to that level so as good as that minnesota defense is they've got a lot of problems especially on the offensive line this does seem like it's uh going to be one of the tighter games of the week
2: yeah i, I think it will be um i mean minnesota This kind of makes sense, though, right? It's like, you know, we maybe gave Sam Bradford a little bit too much credit through the first few weeks of the season. He's looked a little more mortal. Uh, The offensive line kind of starting to catch up with Minnesota. And I think losing your offensive coordinator midweek is a big part of that as well. And, you know, it's... The NFC North is such a mess right now. Like, I still think it's probably Green Bay's division, but like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Detroit you know strings together a couple wins. I mean, they had a, a great win over Minnesota last week. Um, I mean, they're, if you're a Detroit Lions fan or if you're a Detroit Lions player, like, you have to think that you're as in control as either of these other teams
1: at this point. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe because uh, I I was burying the Lions early on this year. To the offense without Calvin Johnson would be uh, atrocious, among other things. Any reason to be optimistic about Minnesota's offense going into this matchup? I mean, Washington's defense to me is nothing special, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, Minnesota, they've had so many problems up front. Jerick McKinnon, who I thought would be great coming out of the bye week and and kind of getting healthy uh, going into week nine, I, I thought he would have a huge game against the Lions. That didn't happen. I'm beginning to lose my faith in Jarek McKinnon as uh, an RB2 type that can make a difference.
2: <laughs> Same here. Uh, I, I don't know. That 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 almost sounds like a, an oxymoron kind of. was like, should you have ever had faith in Jarek McKinnon? I don't know. But, uh, I mean, like the Minnesota offense these last three weeks, 10 points, 10 points, 16 points against the Eagles, who are a good D. But the next two, you know, Chicago and Detroit, um i think it's just the lack of skill position talent is starting to catch up with them right i mean it's stefan diggs and really no one else in the receiving courts you know it's gotten to the point where you start looking at like is cordero patterson a, a reasonable option like i think he was included in one of our waiver articles on the site this week and it was like you know, it's just weird to even see his name come up i'm not touching him at all uh but yeah i mean this is probably more like the vikings offense that we should have expected all along i think they I don't know if it was, you know, they were rejuvenated probably isn't the right word, but inspired by the Bridgewater injury these first few weeks, now that's kind of worn off or what, but this, this does not look like the same team whatsoever that we saw through the first five games.
1: I certainly wouldn't play it if I were in Vegas, but I think Washington actually gets it done this week. Much better team at home than on the road. Uh, still no Deshaun Jackson at practice. Uh, Matt Jones was not listed on the injury report. for wednesday but i don't know if there's really a job for him to come back to i mean it might be a lot of rob kelly this week
2: which is just like just sums up the current state of running backs in fantasy football you know i mean we we talked about this on the xm show the other day um it's how many like legitimate backs do you feel really good about starting every week when they're healthy like seven six it's a short list it is it's like is Gurley even on that list i don't know that he is Mm, he's still there because he, you still have this
1: hope. I think if you're a Todd Gurley owner, that it's going to come together for him. He's dealing with a thigh injury right now too, and it makes you wonder: is, is this the type of injury maybe he's been dealing with for uh, longer than he's let on? Has there been something else going on with Todd Gurley? He
2: still hasn't had a twenty-yard run on the season. Like that's just astounding.
1: Three point one yards per carry. It looks like Zach Stacy out there.
2: <laughs> oh wow! What an indictment! What happened to Zach Stacy? By the way.
1: I don't know. Everyone stopped paying attention. This might be a
2: Wikipedia one. I don't even know if you'll you'll find information anywhere else.
1: Failed his physical with team. This is uh, according to our own uh, player page for Zach Stacy, and that was back in July. So he was uh, let go. Two point nine yards per carry last year. Actually, that's an insult to Zach Stacy. Three point nine yards per carry in his two seasons with the Rams. I mean, Gurley three point nine yards per carry for Gurley right now would be a big step up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the it the yards per carry have been horrendous, but it's like we've been saying all along, like, he's still going to get the carries. Like you're not going to get a game from Gurley where he has like three carries, 12 yards like you get with some of these other like really, you know, Matt Jones for example. Like if you're if you're trusting him one week, like he might just not be in the in the running back rotation. Like or, you know, Ryan Matthews is a good example from this past week. He played like 10% of the snaps for the Eagles. Like with Gurley, even if he's not effective, like he's going to have enough terrible short carries that eventually they somehow add up to like 60 yards. So you're not getting a complete zero, but you're also not going to get a breakout performance.
1: It's strange. We just, yeah, the big the lack of big plays, especially. I know it's gonna get bottled up because teams are loading up the box against him. At the same time, that was the case last year and he did much better. Uh we'll see what happens as far as his actual availability in Week 10 goes. No indication yet that the injury is a serious one. The weird thing, though, 14, 15, and 12 for the carry totals the last three games. So it is a step down. I was thinking more like 18-plus as the floor, 20 as the the norm, and then a lot of weeks that the Rams were playing a close game and protecting a lead that he'd be hitting 25 often. He's got one game this year back in Week 3 against Tampa Bay, 27 carries, 85 yards, two scores. That was the only time all season where he got to 25 carries.
2: That was really his only, like, Todd Gurley game of the year, too, right? And, the, the Buffalo the one's all right. 23-72, yeah.
1: a score, and then three for 36. It's a pretty good game.
2: I guess. I mean, still, like, where's that yards per carry? Like, less than three. I'd, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird situation. I mean, and it's weird. it's hard to say he's a bust, too. You know, like, he... I don't. I don't know. Like can, are we still in, at the point where we're, we're willing to blame the St. Louis offense or St. Louis, LA St. Louis, offense? Huh? Okay, this, I'm gonna. This is like a three year process of adjusting to this. Uh-huh. I still call the Hornets the Bobcats every now and then. Um, yeah, I mean, are we still ready to say like, all right, this LA team just can't throw the ball. Nobody respects Case Keenum. Like, Case Keenum hasn't been good, but it's not like he's going out and just you know completely completing you know 20 percent of his passes every week. Like, he's been a He's been like a serviceable bad starter. We've seen a lot worse. I mean, it's not good.
1: 7.1 yards per attempt, uh, 9 TDs, 11 picks. There, there are some pretty big flaws with, with Case Keenum, who continues to uh, earn the trust of, of Jeff Fisher, or continues just retains the trust, I guess you'd say. I, I think it's got a lot to do with Jared Goff just being nowhere close to a quality NFL quarterback.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it's only a matter of time before we see Goff, right? I think Fisher said they want to be mathematically eliminated before they put him in. Nice. Which is, yeah, talk about a vote of confidence.
1: Yeah, they're really excited about Jared Goff in Los Angeles. Rams on the road, uh, taking on the Jets this week. Jets one and a half point favorites. Over under 49? That That seems weird. Yeah, that's high, right? I mean, the Jets' secondary has been bad all season, right? They've been very generous to opposing passers. But they're the best
2: rush defense in the league. At least they were before Ajayi last week. I mean, they're still top three. I, I This is a bad spot for Gurley, right? I don't know how the Rams move the ball.
1: Bad spot for Gurley, but Case Keenum in DFS. Remember mm. the week against the Lions where yeah. Case Keenum was actually pretty good. It's got to at least be a yeah. tournament well, consideration. I mean, like
2: a Ka- I mean, Kaepernick had to be, I didn't look at the overall standings from last week, but he had to be a top five quarterback last week, right? 398 yards. I think he gave you, like, 45 rushing yards. Everybody bad quarterback could be productive in DFS. Yeah, I
1: mean, and streaming and season-long, too, with some players on by. I mean, if you're a Matthew Stafford owner, maybe maybe Case Keenum is yeah. your solution for Week 10. Uh, I think the Jets are better than the Rams. I think they're both bad teams, and I think this is a game I will try to avoid at all costs on Sunday. Hopefully we don't see a ton outside of you know flashes in the red zone. Maybe, maybe we see Todd Gurley have a, a good game in a spot where it doesn't really make sense for him to have a good one. Uh, the Bears are one and a half point road favorites over under forty five and a half as they go to Tampa Bay. They're road favorites? Ooh. Isn't that hard to believe? What? Like the Vikings, who a few weeks ago looked like one of the better teams in the NFC. They're they're I mean they're road dogs to Washington. Right. But the Bears are one and a half point favorites at Tampa Bay.
2: I mean the Bears look really good against Minnesota, but you also have to consider that Minnesota isn't the same minnesota team i guess um and uh, you know tampa's not a bad team by any means i think you know they they're not a complete team but they they put up a, a decent fight at least against a, of what we think is a really good atlanta team on thursday night i think tampa can still move the ball against anybody you know james winston's going to make two or three mistakes that that make you scratch your head in most games but they're still one of those teams that can pile up 40 points any week and I think, you know, there's maybe a little, people are high on the Bears, I guess, after that win over Minnesota, but this is a team that lost to the Jaguars. you got you got to remember that. Any team that has lost to the Jaguars temper expectations, although the Colts also lost to the Jags. So in some ways, the Packers lost to the Jags, transitively.
1: Uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I think the Bucs win this game. They've been disappointing me all year, but I don't think the Bears are that Good I don't think so either. I mean, you got go Tampa
2: here. Not that that's the best home field advantage in the league by any means, but if this was in Chicago, I think I would think about it a little more. But I mean, Tampa is not bad enough to lose to the Bears. Season.
1: I'm still not ready to commit to the Bears as a team that's going to win games on the road. Uh, Chiefs on the road at Carolina. Vegas still likes the Panthers. They're three point favorites yep. over under 44.5. Do you agree with them?
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, Chiefs get Alex Smith back, which is big. Um, but Kansas City probably should have lost to Jacksonville last week. Um, you know, if it weren't for some costly mistakes, the Jags lost three fumbles in that game. They basically botched what could have been a game-winning drive at the end. Like, I think we probably look at the Chiefs a little bit differently if, if the you know if things don't shake their way because uh, they didn't look very good at all. And and maybe that's just taking a Jacksonville team lightly when you're without your top two running backs and your starting quarterback. So you know there are other factors there, but. Carolina didn't look all that great last week. You know, they only put up 13 in a win at LA. But I, I like the Panthers here. I think they, I think they believe they're not quite out of this yet in the NFC. And the way that no one's grabbing control of the North, no one's really mounting much of a challenge to Dallas in the East. Like there's still, a, if you're Carolina, you have to look at this and say, like if we, if we win out or get close to win, winning out, which you know they kind of did each of the last two seasons. I mean, they're 15 and one last year. They won their final what eight or nine games. I think in 2014. Uh, so, I mean, they, I, I think most of those personnel is still there. They, they see this as an opportunity to, to stay in this race. And I still think they're the more talented team. I mean, Kansas City's not going to have Jamal Charles. This is not really a dynamic offense without him. So I think this is a good spot for Carolina.
1: Yeah, I'd give it the three with Carolina this week. It's still a kind of a must win sort of window, but I think uh, they haven't been that far off. This year, I think coming out of that buy, they may have figured some things out Falcons on the road taking on the Eagles even no, uh, no, no difference right now between these teams with this game being in Philly over under at uh, 50. I believe that's tied for the highest on the board, uh, depending on, on where you might look. But all right. So what do you make of the Eagles? Because to me, they're one of the more difficult teams to get a good read on right now.
2: Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, they're kind of like Minnesota to me, right? Where it looked like they were going to be good enough defensively to win a lot of games. Now, you know, there's some coaching issues. The offense has not looked great, and all of a sudden they're four and four, and you know, kind of losing what what looked to be their grip on maybe a wild card spot. Um, I don't know. I don't like them this way. I think Atlanta's really good. I I'm ready to buy in on the Falcons uh, in this battle of the birds. But, you know, I mean, Philadelphia is just kind of a mess uh, offensively, and that that's the main thing. I mean, they'll be good enough, I think, to keep this close at home. You know, they're not going to give up 45 or anything to Atlanta. Um, but I just don't see them being able to score with the Falcons even so. I'm surprised
1: the Eagles aren't, like, three-point underdogs, so I, yeah. mean, I would take the Falcons to win on the road.
2: Right. I mean, especially with as good as Atlanta looked last week. And, again, it was Tampa Bay. You know, it's not like they went in and beat New England, but they haven't really been slowed down. I know the volume
1: hasn't really been that high, but... Taylor Gabriel has had a couple of nice mm-hmm. games. Any reason to think you could maybe stream him this week? If you got some receivers on buy, you got injury yeah. trouble. Injury trouble.
2: I think you could. I mean, if you, if you like own you know Golden Tate and Marvin Jones and Dante Moncrief and Amari Cooper or something, and like you know, all those guys are on buy, then maybe. Just but totally, yeah, t-
1: totally wrote off. If, if your entire leagues.
2: team is on buy, sure. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I don't really buy into Taylor Gabriel all that much. I would still much rather ride you know, Mohamed Sanu, who people seem to be down on right now. Or I think if you have Julio Jones, I would take him. You, you would take Julio? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be controversial or anything, but I would go Julio
1: Jones over Taylor Gabriel. Bold. Very, very bold. That's what I'm here for. If you love to play fantasy football and think you know more than the rest of the sports world about it, we have a website for you. Put that fantasy knowledge to the test on Fan Clash Trivia, the number one sports trivia site for cash and prizes. Rotowire has teamed up with fanclash.com to bring you NFL Week 10 trivia with cash on the line. Rotowire will be running a contest on Fan Clash against Rotowire expert and co-founder Jeff Erickson on November 15th. The entry fee is $5. Reserve your spot now and you will compete with Rotowire's own Jeff Erickson to see who really knows the most about NFL trivia from all of Week 10's action. Go to fanclash.com slash rotowire to sign up now. Bottle into Pounder pours out a light yellow gold color with a bubbly bone white head Lots of activity. Scent reminds me of Play-Doh and rubber bands with mild skunk as a backdrop. Taste is reminiscent of the inside of a trash can. All metallic followed by a metallic palate and a harsh, bitter, and metallic bite all the way down. No real flavor aside from metal and harsh water. I feel like okay. I'm stepping away from an attempt at objectivity and moving into the realm of slander when I say this, but this beer is absolutely terrible. It has no redeeming qualities, and you Stop might as well just reviews. drink out of your garbage can <laughs> to get the same experience.
2: Is that Miller Light?
1: No, that's Kool Aid. Come on, these reviews As are cool the best is, thing.
2: I'm not being joking. Like, it's actually not that bad. I would take it over Keystone Natty. Like, it, it's pretty tasty. Never speak ill of Natty. Never. I really don't like Natty.
1: That's, that that's Keystone's
2: that is, the worst of all the beers. Lacrosse Lager is probably the second worst. Uh, does La Cross Lager
1: still have nature scenes on the side of the box?
2: Mm, I don't. I've never, I don't ever buy it. I've only had it out of kegs, and it tastes like it's like it's cut with butter or something. Well, butter would be it. an improvement. So
1: like butter makes everything better.
2: No, I hate butter.
1: Uh lacrosse lager I I they used to get a really bad beer a while back that uh it had had, had nature scenes on the hmm. side of the case. I think Probably lacrosse hams. lager was the one. There's like a river I think on the bottle. Hams. So no, I'm not thinking of hams. All right, let's move on to some other games on this slate. Let's go to the Broncos and Saints. Saints, two-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under 49. Uh, Broncos a little banged up defensively, Saints being at home, of course, I think driving this over-under to a pretty big number. And the fact that the Saints are favored says a lot about just how much mm-hmm. Vegas trusts them at the Dome.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm a little concerned about Denver. I, I'd said last week that you know, they were kind of my pick to keep control in this division, but you know, they really weren't able to slow down Oakland Last week, they weren't able to get much going offensively. And and it wasn't like Derek Carr carved him up. You know, I mean, no touchdowns, didn't throw any picks. He was kind of just more of a game manager. uh, And they were just kind of able to run all over this team. I mean, Latavius Murray got in the end zone three times, uh, probably something he's not going to do the rest of the way. So it kind of makes you think, you know, if this Oakland offense can do that, can New Orleans do the same thing? I mean, they're coming off of a huge rushing game themselves, but of course it did that against a team in San Francisco. That's allowing 195 rushing yards a game.
1: The thing I don't like is that they seem to be content to continue splitting the carries between Hightower and Ingram and maybe Hightower got more because it was an easy matchup last week, but Ingram was the better player had the long TD run. Right. Uh, it just seems silly to me that Sean Payton would continue to give Tim Hightower twenty plus carries on a weekly basis,
2: right? I think the box score could be a little bit misleading because, like you said, Hightower ended up with more carries, but this was a game that was decided basically at halftime. You know, so it, it's kind of like, did they just, you know, did they kind of want to rest Ingram, even though he's supposedly in the doghouse right now? Uh, but then at the same time, it's like Ingram had the bigger game, but you know, the majority of those yards came on one carry. So it, it's kind of still a bit of a difficult situation to gauge. But I, I think I would lean toward Ingram going forward think I
1: would definitely want Ingram, but i'm hesitant to play either one of those running backs of this week, so I think Denver can be very good yep. against the run. I think Breeze and those pass catchers can actually do some damage in an otherwise seemingly tough spot this week so i'll take i 'll take the Saints giving up the two and a half I think it 's a little little bit contrarian to Mm -hmm. give up the two and a half with them. I think if it were even, you know, taking the Saints would be uh, much less bold. Texans on the road, taking on your beloved Jags. Texans one-point favorites over under 42. Uh, Big game in America's division this week.
2: Yeah, the Swagwars in action in the division. Um, How are the Jags favored in this game? That's that's ludicrous. Um, I've, I've seen the Texans favored by one. I got Jags by two on ESPN. What? Yeah, hmm. uh, did something happen? Like, did somebody, did the Texans? I don't even know what. I, there's, something there's must have happened. Lamar Miller get ruled out or something weird so. like that? that well, I just checked on Lamar Miller like an hour ago, and it said you know all all indications were pretty positive. Hmm. Uh, limited at practice Wednesday. Uh, he said he believes to be ready to play. That's the last I've heard. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else could possibly swing that line. You know, I mean, Watts obviously already out. Um, the Jags looked somewhat competent last week, but like I said, the Chiefs were, were certainly playing below their uh, their level and I don't I don't buy into the Jaguars newfound running game. I mean they had a two hundred five yards as a team last week, by far the best effort of the season Chris Ivory got over a hundred yards i don 't think that happens again. Uh, Eighteen carries was nice. This was the first week that they really committed to running the ball, and part of that was that they weren 't down by three touchdowns and you know could run the ball, um, but still didn 't get into the end zone on the ground. Ivory fumbled as he was crossing the goal line uh, in in retrospect you know a huge huge moment in the game, given the final score uh, so i mean i 'll still take the Texans on the road. The Jags don 't really have much of a home field advantage anyway that That just seems blasphemous. That's crazy. They were the Jags were like seven and a half point dogs last week.
1: I'm taking the Jags. Don't do it. I don't think the Texans are good at all. Without JJ Watt, friends friends don't let friends pick the Jags. Doing it. I don't care. Dolphins on the road at San Diego. This could be a pretty good game, actually. I'm kind of looking forward to it. 48.5, one of the higher totals on the board. Melvin Gordon continues to impress. uh, Yards per carry number up for the season. Uh, He's finding the end zone often. Getting volume that very few backs in the league are getting. And uh, Jigajai on the other side is looking like a breakout back himself. I mean, you talk about the short list of running backs you're comfortable starting every week right now. Jigajai and Melvin Gordon are on that short list.
2: Right, I think over the last three weeks, those are the two leading rushers in the NFL. Gordon's coming off of I think by far his best overall game uh, of his career last week, uh, which was buoyed by by a nice long run near the end, uh, could have gotten over 200 yards. I mean, San Diego was up at the end of that game and ended up kneeling when they were inside the 10. You know, very easily could have gotten another touchdown and, and 200 plus. Uh, but this is another good spot. I think this would be really interesting. I mean, it's going to. I don't know if at the beginning of the season anyone thought they would tell you, like, hey, come week 10, there's going to be this pretty interesting matchup between Jay Ajayi and Melvin Gordon, Uh, but that's really what we have here. I mean, Ajayi, to date, and he's only really had three good games, but he's been kind of the fantasy story, I think, if you're talking breakout guys at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, I I think he's probably the biggest surprise especially if you account for what was happening in the early weeks of the season right. i mean too, there was talk
2: that he like might even be cut i think at the at the real start of the year when he was still heard and they bring in foster
1: draft season at the start of draft season i remember talking about arian foster and thinking yeah. okay if, if they like foster more than ajayi they right. kind of know what they have in ajayi i guess mm-hmm. Foster's the way to go and uh,
2: it's hard to imagine miami expected this you know like i don't think they thought jay ajayi had this in him
1: no, if they did, I don't think they would have even messed around at all no. with Foster, but here's where we're at. Uh, as far as the Chargers go, Travis Benjamin played last week, only seven snaps. He's got that knee injury. They've got a bye in Week 11. It doesn't seem like we'd really see him on the field much, if at all, in Week 10.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't really know what to, what to think of this game overall. I, this is one of those, you know, could go either way for sure. I mean, the Chargers at this point are kind of, you know, in, in NBA terms, you always talk about a fun league pass team, you know, a bad team that you enjoy watching, like the Nuggets are always up there and like the Lakers this year, like the Chargers are firmly in that category where like, you know, they're not a real threat to like actually win anything, but week to week, they always seem to be involved in one of the most fun games.
1: Yeah, that's I, I would agree with that. I, I like watching the Chargers. Uh could be a good week for Dontrell Inman because mm-hmm. Tyrell Williams also banged up and uh, he's dealing with a knee injury. Probably just a maintenance thing for Williams, but I could see Williams and Inman being the two uh, leaders in that receiving core this week with Benjamin dinged up and that bye week looming. Uh, I'll take the Chargers giving up the four. Miami to me is just not good. I, I don't like picking no. Miami. They're just don't trust him. Never. I never do. I just I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. Cowboys on the road in Pittsburgh. This will be a really interesting matchup. Over under 50 at the top of the board. Roethlisberger started to wake up in the fourth quarter. Sammy Coates, of course, dropped the TD pass in that one. Uh, so the numbers weren't as good as a lot of big man owners would have hoped. But at home against Dallas. Dallas, on the surface, looks pretty good against the
2: pass. They also haven't been tested very often this season. Yeah, I was surprised by the line here. I have Pittsburgh 2.5. Yeah, uh, which at home, too. you know, it's Steelers' experienced team with, you know, with, with Big Ben coming back a little bit more healthy, you would think, this week. Uh, I guess it's not that crazy, but I mean, the Cowboys are rolling right now, and they, I mean, they're. they're Playing efficiently through the air, they have the best running game in the NFL. Um, I, I like Dallas on the road here. I, th- I think this is a tough test for Dak. You know, his his toughest test in a few weeks. Um, but I, I've I've really no reason to see why Dallas can't make this a very competitive game and probably come out on top. I think I'm taking Pittsburgh because
1: they're at home. Just, they're they're one of the teams that has I feel like the most. Uh, stark contrast in terms of how good their offense is home versus away yeah like they reliably
2: they're also fall a team, on that side of the line they're also a team that rarely strings together like two clunkers in a row and like i think last week in a lot of ways was one of those games and no no hard. question I mean, yeah and it's lost hard. yeah right i mean it's, it's not like they're blown out but it, you know <coughs> excuse me for example they you know they win their first two they get housed uh at philadelphia in week three come back and blow out the chiefs by 30 the next week you know they're up they're up 25 at halftime like you know, I they they come in losing three straight though. Uh Pittsburgh does. You know, they they didn't rebound against New England after losing to Miami like I kind of thought they would. Uh and then of course, you know, coming off the the loss in New England, they lose again at Baltimore. It's like it's hard to see this team losing four in a row, but the Cowboys are 7 and 1 and, you know, Pittsburgh's 4 and 4 for a reason. Just thinking about how
1: goofy the NFL is. I feel like Dak and the Cowboys have to lose this game because there, we have to be annoyed next week by the Dakeromo. Yeah. Dak Romo, like that. Well,
2: what what makes it more of a decision if Dak wins and you know is it harder to throw Romo in next week or if I feel like if Dak loses that almost gives Jerry Jones more license to to reinsert Romo. It's going to get attention until a change
1: is made. Uh, unless someone definitively comes out and just says Tony Romo's our backup quarterback now. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And at that point maybe maybe then it will hide from the all-day sports talk narratives, but I think it takes Dak losing back-to-back games before he loses the job. If if or an injury is the right. other way, of course. But performance-wise, they have to lose back-to-back games. Otherwise, I don't think they're going to make a yeah. change. I'll probably be wrong. It's for a tough some reason, situation.
2: I mean, it's hanging over this team, you know. Um, and they're and playing really wonder. well. He's playing really well. I mean, eight right. of his twelve TD passes. I think have I come in the last it's, three it's games. Tough. It's really tough. I mean, it's kind of like the Kaepernick Smith situation, right? And, you know, San Francisco was able to ride that to the Super Bowl. Obviously couldn't come out on top, but, I mean, it's not like that's not a realistic scenario for Dallas right now. Um, I'm
1: taking the Steelers give it up two and a half i'm okay with it niners on the road at arizona cardinals 13 and a half point favorites over under 48 and a half give me the over all the david johnson chalk you want i think the the bigger question is you know jj nelson was starting to take on a larger role in this passing game leading into the bye week are you expecting him to be a steady top 30 top 35 type receiver the kind of player that
2: belongs in your lineup on a regular basis not quite yet. Um, this this game is going to be really interesting because I think expectations are sky high for the offense with Arizona. I think people are going to be like, "What's a letdown for David Johnson? Like, is 115 yards and a touchdown a letdown?" I think it might be.
1: I think 100 yards or something close to it with no scores would be the big letdown. Right? right? And if he's you, getting can, to
2: 100 yards, he's, he's like,
1: going to get yardage. Like, I mean, he could easily get to like 215 in this game. This is one of those games where if you want to try to take a a, a crack at the. Single game rushing record. Yes. This one has the makings for that kind of day.
2: Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, But at the same time, I feel like when we see these like really obvious matchups, like they very rarely live up to the hype. You know, like it, yeah, on paper, David Johnson should run for 300 yards and five touchdowns, but. The Cardinals are probably going to be up early. They're at home. Like, I could see David Johnson having fewer than 20 carries in this game pretty easily.
1: Could be a week where some of the backups get right. a little more run than we might like. Uh, Seahawks on the road for the Sunday night game at New England. Should be a good matchup. It should be a good game. Patriots I think are England favored wins. by 7.5? Yeah, that seems high, doesn't
2: it? Um, I think I'd take Seattle, Seattle with the points. Mm, I expect to see, I expect the Patriots to win. If this was in Seattle, I would, I would take... You know, obviously the line wouldn't be seven and a half, but I i don't know. I mean, New England's really, really good, man. The Patriots would be, like, on
1: conventional wisdom anyway, they'd be one and a half point favorites if the game were in Seattle. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Seattle just gave up a ton of yardage to Buffalo, to Tyrod Taylor, and, you know, now in comes New England. Tyrod's I, good. Is, is Cam Chancellor going to play? I don't know. Do you want me to ask him? Yeah, ask him. Tweet at him. Hey, Cam. It's me. It's Nick. Are you going to play? Uh, it says he's expected to play Sunday. It says the website rotowire. dot com.
1: Oh, that site's all great right. Great website. It's a good site. It's decent. Um, Here is the thing: the Seahawks with Cam Chancellor are a completely different defense than they are without him. I think with with Cam Chancellor out there, I'd love to get seven and a half with Seattle. I, I think it's gonna be a great game. Is this the
2: week Brady throws a pick? Hmm. No, New England quarterback has thrown a pick this year. Brady
1: will never throw another pick.
2: Ever. Okay. Never. Never gonna happen. All right. You heard it here
1: first, guys. Never. Never going to happen. But I I do think Seattle keeps it closer uh, than 7.5. Is anybody, matchup-wise, you're staying away from as a result of the Seattle defense?
2: Mm, As a result of the Seattle defense, maybe not. Uh, I still like LeGarrette Blunt this week just just for the goal line factor. Uh, I don't know if there's really a defense that you look at as like, man, they're so good on the goal line. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to back off Jimmy Graham. I think everybody's going to be all over Jimmy Graham and uh, Daly. Uh, first of all, the, the tight end position is just so shallow that, you know, there's only like four or five options that you really like week to week. So I think that's going to cause a lot of people to to kind of go in the direction of Graham after his big Monday night game. So that's not to say he can't play really well again. I just think the expectations are probably a little too high right now. I think that's that's fair. It's fair to say. Let's move on to the monday night game
1: uh it's going to be the bengals and
2: giants it's actually not a bad game either no it's not uh I, the giants are not a team that i usually like watching although you know having beckham and the addition of sterling shepherd has made them a little bit more fun cincinnati probably on the short list of most disappointing teams for me uh they should have won the two weeks ago in london ends up in a tie uh, and now they're very very much on the outside looking in in the in the afc playoff picture Ties, man, ties. Uh, Giants one and a half point favorites over under forty seven. So I think
1: you're going to get plenty of production from this matchup. I think both offenses will move the ball effectively. The only real issue I have with the Giants right now is they still can't figure out what they want to do at running back. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't see any end in sight unless they start committing more heavily to Paul Perkins. Right.
2: Yeah, I traded for Rashard Jennings uh, in in stake. What did you give up for him? I don't want to tell you. No, Um, what did you give up for him? uh, What do you mean you don't want to tell me? I gave up Jameis. um, Why? Because I I literally needed a running back where I wasn't going to be able to fill a spot last week. It was a big-time desperation move. I wasn't proud of it. That's the waiver wire. Uh, That's what that's for.
1: What? That's what the waiver wire's for.
2: Yeah, well, it was either that or pick up Robert Turbin um so yeah i mean pick your poison i guess yeah at least jennings was kind of a starter i don't know i I needed a running back really badly a combination of injuries and bye weeks uh were killing me and i have matt ryan at quarterback it's not like i traded my starter but still wasn't happy about it and still am not happy about it i the giants running running back situation is a complete mess it's just as cloudy as it was in week one yeah i mean
1: as far as your alternatives there there weren't that many quality options out there but wasn't Chris
2: Ivory freely available? I don't think so. I Trust me, I would have picked up Chris Ivory over, do, over doing that.
1: All right, maybe he was um, somebody's, somebody's like locked because he him. had been cut.
2: Yeah, somebody's stashing him somewhere. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on.
1: Uh, I'm disappointed you had to make that trade.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm you're telling me. It was very, awful.
1: I'm very sad. Uh, as far as the Bengals-Giants matchup goes, I'll take the Giants giving up the, the one and a half. I think they're slightly better than the Bengals with this game being at home. Line is perfect that's that's exactly what it should be Uh, i think the giants win by two or three it's this is a a
2: big time toss-up game yeah nothing would really surprise me there we we
1: may get back-to-back quality games on monday night
2: let's not try to jinx
1: it here i i wouldn't count on it it's it's very much unprecedented (laughs) to be to be completely honest all right well it's going to wrap things up for this episode of the rotowire fantasy football podcast tim and i are back with the friday episode tomorrow